I've got another word for you on my heart today that I want to share with you. And the title of the message today is this, Leave Room for God. Leave Room for God. You know, if you've ever gone to a restaurant or maybe to a concert, uh, as everybody is getting seated, sometimes someone will say, hey, don't forget to leave room for so-and-so. They're going to be here soon. Don't forget to leave room for Cindy. Don't, don't, don't forget to leave room for Bill. He'll be here soon. In other words, you leave space for someone because you anticipate that they're going to be there shortly. So you leave space for them. Sometimes you have to do that with the struggles that you face in life. Now let me be very, very clear. The Bible teaches us that God is always present with us. So so I don't mean when I say leave room for God that maybe He'll show up one day. I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is this. As you struggle with the problems in life, be sure to leave room for God to work in that situation. God may be saying to you today, if you're going through a hard time, God may be saying to you today, don't sit in my seat. I'm in charge of this. You pray. You wait. You watch. But don't you sit in my seat. As you deal with the trials and struggles of life, you and I, we need to make sure that we always leave room for God. When your day is hard, leave room for God. When, when you have questions but no answers, leave room for God. When your fears are overwhelming your faith, leave room for God. When your heart is about to break, leave room for God. You see, we can't solve every problem, we can't cure every hurt, we can't avoid every fear, but we can leave room for God to work in those situations. So don't try to sit in God's seat. Don't try to be God or play God. Just simply open your Bible and leave room for God's power. Open your Bible and leave room for God's grace. Open your Bible and leave room for God's intervention. You see, when trials and struggles come your way, one of the very first things you need to do is to reach for the Bible. And as you reach for the Bible, you're simply saying, God, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I leave room for you in this situation. I want to hear from you in this situation. I don't want to leave you out of this situation. And I certainly don't want to try to handle it on my own. So I'm going to leave room for you in the midst of this. I'm going to open my Bible and leave room for your power. I'm going to open my Bible and leave room for your voice. I'm going to open my Bible and leave room for your presence. I'm going to open my Bible and leave room for you to work in my life. And if you're not sure where to open your Bible to, let me give you a good verse to start with. It's Romans 8.28. Choir sang about it a few moments ago. It's a verse that you know very well, but turn there anyway, and let me read it to you as you turn there. The Bible says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Here's the strange thing about this verse. Can we just be real honest today? Here's the strange thing about this verse. If you're in a place in life where you really need that promise, you're probably not ready to hear it. 
I mean, let's be honest. If, if your world has been turned upside down by death or by cancer or by financial loss or by divorce, the last thing you want to hear is someone quoting Romans 8.28. I mean, you need that promise to be true in your life. But at the moment, it doesn't feel like it's true. A little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, in another part of this state, I had to go do the funeral for a two-week-old baby. Absolutely loved that mom and dad that so desperately wanted a, a child and had tried for a long time to have a child, and then the child died at two weeks old. I had to bury that baby. I want to tell you something. The last thing they needed was for somebody to walk up and say, well, remember Romans 8.28. Now, do they need that verse? Yes. Do they need that verse to be true? Yes. But sometimes we've got to be honest and say, but it doesn't feel like that verse is true. In my situation, in my struggle, in my pain, in my hurt, it doesn't feel like it's true. But listen to me. Here's what we're going to wrestle with today. Even though it may not feel like it, it is true, it is true. Is, if, is God at work when life throws you a curve? Or is everything just chance and circumstance? I believe God's at work. And that's why I say you need to leave room for God. Now, life just doesn't always go according to script. Have you noticed this? It's not sometimes what you planned or what you had in mind. Life doesn't always go according to script. I don't know if you're a college football fan, but yesterday we saw an example of this, tragically, in the world of sports. Alabama quarterback, Tua, and I can't say his last name very well, so I'm not going to try. I'm just going to call him Tua. If you're a sports fan, you know who he is. If you're not, you wouldn't know his name anyway. Tua, quarterback for, my, for sorry, I said Miami Dolphins. That may be where he ends up, but <laughs> quarterback for Alabama, star quarterback, Heisman Trophy candidate, led the, the, uh, his team to a national championship, I, I believe, or at least they played in a national championship, was leading his team to perhaps play in another national championship. A committed Christian, by the way, on a play yesterday against Mississippi State, was tackled hard, bloodied his nose, and dislocated his hip and broke something in the hip area. His season has ended. He was projected to be the number one draft pick next year. That's in question now. Some say it's in question whether he'll ever play again. Some say, no, he'll, he'll have a full recovery, but he's definitely out for the rest of the season, definitely out for the national championship, definitely out for the Heisman Trophy. Just another example, life doesn't always go according to script. If you had asked him before, he didn't plan on losing the national championship yesterday. He didn't plan on not being the Heisman Trophy candidate yesterday. He didn't plan when he went into that game that all of a sudden he may not even get to play football again. Life doesn't go according to script sometimes. Sometimes, I don't know if you've done this, but sometimes you just kind of look at one another and, and think, it's not supposed to happen this way. It's not supposed to happen this way. Sometimes regardless of how hard you've worked or how good you've lived or how long you have planned or even how hard you have prayed, life can really fall apart. And the temptation in those kind of times is fivefold. The temptation is to get angry, to worry, to get depressed, to doubt what you once took for granted, and to ask, why me? 
And in that background stands Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. With that verse as our background, I want to take it apart and I want to give you four incredible truths from this one verse that some people have called a soft pillow for a long night. I want to give you four truths from Romans 8.28 about how to leave room for God and why you need to do that. First of all, you can leave room for God confidently. According to this verse, you can leave room for God confidently. Here's how Paul begins Romans 8.28, and we know. Now, who's the we there? Well, ultimately, the we in verse 28 includes us, but in its immediate context, it's, of course, a reference to Paul and to the believers in Rome. Look at how he refers to them in verse 16, for example. That here, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Paul was referring to himself and to the other believers in Rome. Look at what he says in verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Look at what he says in verse 26. And in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Have you ever been in a situation that so disturbed you that you, wasn't, you weren't even sure how to pray about that situation? That's the kind of problems that the people in Rome were facing. That was the we in verse 28. They were facing struggles and trials and they, it was beyond what they could, uh, could comprehend sometimes. And in that context of facing various struggles and trials... In that context, Paul says, and we know. There was certainty in his voice. The Amplified Bible says, and we know with great confidence. Paul, when he wrote these words and when he spoke these words, would would speak these words or write these words with great confidence. Paul was not speculating that perhaps God is in control. He was reminding us and he was reminding them sometimes of what we forget in the midst of pain and panic. And that is, God really is working in this. And God really is in control. I love Psalm 42, and I especially like verse 5. Because in Psalm 42, verse 5, the psalmist is in the midst of pain and panic. And in the midst of pain and panic, he starts talking to himself. Sometimes it's a good thing to talk to yourself. I just, just this week, I was, I was in a conversation with someone, and, and this person said, you know, I tend to talk to myself sometimes. I said, well, that's okay, but how long does the conversation go? And in the midst of pain and panic, sometimes we need to talk to ourselves, and that's what the psalmist did in Psalm 42.5, where he said to himself, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. You know what he was doing? He's reminding himself, I need to leave room for God in this. I'm disturbed. I'm downcast. I'm depressed. But I need to leave room for God in this. 
Bible says in Romans 8, 28, that you can have a certainty that God is working in your life, even in the toughest times of your life. You can leave room for God with certainty when you know Him. Number two, you can leave room for God regardless of what you're facing. Paul says in verse 28, and we know that in all things, all things, including those things that you don't like or don't understand, and we know that in all things, meaning not some things, not most things, but in all things. Now, I want to tell you something. Paul is not just being some kind of cockeyed optimist here and pie in the sky kind of thing. He's actually talking from personal experience. Again, we're going to read some of the verses that we've already read, but you need to read them within the context of this. Look in verse 17 and 18 as Paul talks about his sufferings. He says in verse 17 and 18, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, we share in what? We share in his what? We share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Now that's another sermon right there. We share in his sufferings that we may also share in his glory. Look in verse 23. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for an adoption of sons to the redemption of our bodies. Paul said there are some times that life can be so hard that all we know how to do is, is groan. We're not even sure how to respond. And then he says in verse 26, we read it uh, earlier, but let's read it again. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our what, church? Our what? Our weaknesses. And then he very honestly says, we do not know what we ought to pray for. There are times we get in these times of pain and panic, we don't even know what to pray for. But he says, but the Spirit himself is interceding for us with groans. Isn't that interesting? Paul was talking about the way he was groaning because he wasn't sure how to, do what he was, how to handle what he was facing. Now he says, and the Holy Spirit of God, as he prays for me, groans as he intercedes on my behalf. Here's my point. Paul is trying to say to you and to me, God doesn't work just in favorable times. Some of the times that I have grown the most have been the times when I've hurt the most. Some of the times that I have learned the most have been in times when I've hurt the most. You see, he really is Lord of all things. Remember this, negative events can have positive outcomes when you know the Lord. Because of God, there is always something bigger going on than what I can see. So Paul says, listen, you can leave room for God in this because regardless of what you're facing. We know that in all things, just leave room for God in regardless of what you're facing. Number three, we can leave room for God because he's working even in this, whatever your this is. We can leave room for God because he's working even in this, whatever your this is. Here's how Paul says it. When we know that in all things, God works, God works. We know that in all things, God 
Which brings a very valid question. If God is working, then why did this happen? Whatever your this is. If God is working, then why did he die? If God is working, then why isn't she getting better? If God is working, then why can't we pay our bills? If God is working, then why am I hurting so much? If God is working, then why? You fill in the blank. And here's the deal. I've done this, you've done this. We assume, listen to me, we assume that if God is working, that must mean that life will be pleasant. That if God is working, that must mean that everything's going to be good. That if God is working, then everything is going to be smooth. But the ways of God and the work of God includes the variety of experiences and circumstances that we go through in life. Paul says, and we know that in all things, God works. You see, there there will be some breakthroughs in your life, but there will also be some battles. There, There will be some trials, but there will also be some triumphs. There will be some victories, but there will also be some defeats. And there will be some things that seem unexplainable and unbearable. And Paul says, but you need to remember, leave room for God in those things. God works. God works through it all. God works through every heartache. He works through every disappointment. He works through every battle. He works through every tragedy. God is saying, I'm working in this. I promise you. I'm working in Now hear me, listen carefully. When I say that God is working in all things, that doesn't mean that He caused all things. It doesn't mean He caused it all, but it does mean He works in it all. You see, I believe the Bible teaches that nothing comes into the life of a child of God without God either allowing it or sending it. And if He sent it or if He allowed it, He won't waste it. He's using all the experiences of my life and your life to shape our character, to teach us faith, to pull us closer to Him, to develop a Christ-likeness in us. He's showing us how to forgive. He's showing us how to pray. He's showing us how to live. He's working all things. Everybody look up here for me. I just got to tell you this. Wouldn't it be nice if everything was good? I mean, wouldn't that be fun? It would be easy for us to come to church on Sunday and say, I'm telling you what, God is good. And because I've never had a bad thing happen in my life. I've never had any struggles in my life. I've, never had, I've always had more than enough on everything. I'm telling you what, God is good. And that would still be true. You stand beside the grave of a two-week-old baby. And you recognize life is not always good. And life is not always easy. And life is not always fun. But it does not change the fact. Though I don't understand it, God can work even in this. Whatever your this is. 
It may not make sense to you. You may not like it. It may break your heart. But you be sure to leave room for God in your pain. You be sure to leave room for God in your struggles. I listened to a song last night. I just had to turn it on. I just had to crank it up. It's called Waymaker. I started to sing it to you today, but I, I decided, Mama raised an ugly, what? <laughs> I love her. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it on advice of counsel. But there's, there's this line or two lines in the song that says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You work all things for my good. But can I say to you, if life is confusing for you right now, if life is frustrating for you right now, or if life is heartbreaking for you right now, don't forget, to leave room for God. He's working. Whether you can see it or feel it or not, He's still working. So let me give you the fourth thing and then we're going to be done. Number four, you can leave room for God because He is for you, not against you. Paul said it this way, and we know that in all things God works for the good watch this, of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. He's working for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. He's working for the good. I want to highlight that or underline it. He's working for the good. Now what does it mean that He's working for our good? Well, thankfully He tells us in the very next verse, verse 29. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the likeness of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, don't get misled by that word predestined. It does not mean, in this context, it does not mean that God has predestined some for heaven and some for hell. It does not mean that He has predestined that some will be saved and some will be damned. That is not what this verse means. That word, when it says He's predestined, it means He has predetermined what has he predetermined? According to this text, he has predestined or predetermined that you and I would be conformed to the likeness of his son. It is God's predetermined plan. Maybe we could say it this way. It is God's ultimate goal that you be like Jesus. God's ultimate goal is not for your happiness. It is for your holiness. What he does may or may not make you happy, but what he does is always intended to make you holy. If God's ultimate goal was our happiness, then everything in life would be good. Because happiness is a response to our circumstances. But holiness is the result, watch this, holiness is the result of growing through our circumstances. So this verse doesn't say that everything is good. It says that everything that is happening is working together for good. The agony, the ecstasy, the pain, the gain, the losses, even the struggles that 
the devil is working in your life. Now, can I remind you that the man who wrote these words also wrote something to another church, and he referred to what he called a thorn in the flesh. And there was nothing good about that, at least initially. In fact, it was so bad, he referred to this thorn in the flesh as a messenger of Satan. This is not something good in his estimation. This is a messenger of Satan. In fact, this was so bad that he prayed to God repeatedly to take it away from him. If somebody in the midst of that had walked up to Paul and said, Brother, don't forget Romans 8.28. He could have slapped and said, I wrote that verse. Here's what he found out. He found out in the midst of his pain and in the midst of his weakness, God was indeed working to such a degree that he, he later concluded, after praying three times for God to take it away, he later concluded, I'm going to glory in my weakness because when I am weak, then he is strong. I'm experiencing something I haven't experienced before. I'm experiencing the power of God in a way I haven't experienced before. I'm starting to realize that all things work together for my good, even my pain. You see, that really is what Romans 8 is all about. That God will not allow this into your life, whatever your this is. He will not allow this into your life unless it can be used for a greater good. No matter matter how hard your current situation may be or how hard it is to understand, no matter how unbearable the pain may be, it is possible for you to keep going with, with a sense of peace and purpose when you understand this and say it out loud. I'm going to leave room for God in this. Because while God never guarantees that all the chapters in your life will be happy, He does guarantee a happy ending to your story, if you know Jesus. And it might be that the happy ending that God's working towards, listen to me, It might be the happy ending that God is working towards, the outcome that God is working on. It may be a better family, or it may be a better ministry, or a better business, or it might be that He's working on simply a better you. And if you'll stay on that Jesus path, and let your struggle turn you to the Lord instead of away from Him, one day you might be able to say on the other side of that, all things really do work for our good. So they don't feel good. So here's my homework assignment for you. I'd love for you to do this. I'd love for you to go home today and find a three by five card and write in large letters, leave room for God. And then take that card and put it someplace where you're going to see it this week. Your bathroom mirror, your car, your Bible. Let it, to, let it be a, a strong reminder to you, leave room for God. Because Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Let's pray about that. Can I ask you a question before we have this invitation? This question based on this verse. Let me read the verse to you one more time. 
It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Now, you need to understand that this is a promise from God, but it is a conditional promise. The condition is those who love him are called according to his purpose. Do you love the Lord? Do you know the Lord? This is not a promise for those who don't know God. This is a promise for a child of God. And so it might be that your first step out of your pain, your first step out of your problems, it might be that your first step is to claim the Lord as your Savior. Believing that Christ died on the cross for your sins, that he died in your place. And you step across the the line by saying, I I, I believe today. I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. I believe today. And, And the Bible says that when you cross that line, you cross over from death to life. Finally have the life God intended for you to have relationship with him so that may be your first step the step of trusting Christ as your Lord and Savior others of you 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 may say pastor I know I've crossed over I know Jesus is my Savior and I know that verse is for me those who love the Lord I love the Lord but I don't love what I'm going through I love the Lord but I don't love what I'm experiencing and I understand that I sometimes feel that too And today, it might be that you just need to open your heart as you open your Bible and say, God, I'm going to leave room for your power in this situation. I'm going to leave room for your glory. I'm going to leave room for your grace. I'm going to leave room for your presence. This is more than I can do. I I, I need to leave room for you. Father, I pray that today, We might all do that. Pray, Father, that we would sense you speaking to us. We would experience your peace and your power as we leave room for you. Work in our lives to work in our church. I pray that in Jesus' name.